0: KMTT Kimitzion Teize Torah. KMTT the Torah Podcast. Today is Tuesday. Shur in Parshat Hashavua. Shur Parshat Hashavua will be given this week, as usual, by Harav Chanoch Waxman. This week, Parshat Veize, I would like to discuss what I think of as kind of the unifying theme of the material found in Parashat Ve'etzeh, really what brings it all together. But in order to get to this, I would like to begin with some particular Psukim, with the story of Yaakov's first meeting with his beloved, with his bride-to-be, with Rachel. So, after the Pasha opens with the story of Yaakov's vision of the ladder and the name of the place Beit El, um, Yaakov sets out upon his journey. Per Kaftet Pasif Aleph, tells us as follows. He heads off to the east, of course, to Padan Aram, to Haran, to his destination. And um, upon arriving, Pasuk Bet, He spots a well located in a field, and there are three shepherds. Because from that well, the shepherds would water their flock. So, and there was a great stone upon uh, the well. So what's quite clear here is that Yaakov uh, happens or chances or arrives at a well, and the word Be'er appears three times uh, in this Pasuk and Pasuk Bet. In point of fact, it's kind of a key word in this entire passage. Between Pasuk Aleph and Pasuk Yud, in the first 10 verses of Per the word Be'er appears in fact seven times. And then after a short conversation um, with the local shepherds regarding um, their uh, watering practices, uh, regarding the Be'er itself, and regarding uh, Lavan and the family of Lavan. Uh, shortly thereafter, Rachel arrives upon the scene. In Pasukhtat, uh, the Torah tells us, Odeno Daber Imam, Jacob was still speaking with them, Rachel, Ba'a Ematson, Asher l'aviyah. and Rachel arrived with the sheep that uh, were her father's, Kiroahi, because she was a separat- shepherdess. And the Torah goes on, So here we have the first meeting of Yaakov and Rachel at the 'er, um, Be'er, located in Kedem here. Now, of course, uh, this place is not just Kedem as pointed out in Pasuk Bet. We know this place is uh, Padan Aram. We know this place is Haran from previous Pesukim. And in fact... Uh, we know that Yaakov is at this Be'er for a very particular purpose. He is, in fact, there, in some sense, to meet with Rachel. Um, now, how do we know this? We know this from our, our larger background knowledge, but it's actually important to look at a few particular psukim back in uh, Parak Kavchet, back in chapter 28. Yaakov is at the Be'er uh, encountering Rachel precisely because his father has sent him there on some level exactly for that purpose. And um, if we go back to Perkavchet, Pasuk Aleph, the Torah tells us as follows. Yitzchak and Yitzchak called to Yaakov, Oto, and he blessed him, Vayitzaveyu, and he commanded him, and he said to him, lo tikach isha Kana'an. He gave him a negative commandment. Do not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. And then, in the following verse, Pasuk bet, Yitzchak uh, gives Yaakov a positive commitment. Go to Padan Aram, which of course is east, of course is Haran. Um, to the house of Betuel, the father of your mother. And take from there a wife from the daughters of Lavan, the brother of your mother. So in other words, uh, Yitzchak uh, commands Yaakov, do not take a daughter from Benot Canaan. Um, rather take a daughter from the family circle, from the house of Betuel and Lavan, back in Padanaram. Aram. And this is why Yaakov goes upon his journey, uh, which he travels upon at the beginning of Perk Kaftet. And this is why he eventually arrives at the Be'er, which he arrives at in Perk Kaftet at the beginning of chapter 2. And there, of course, he encounters the woman who is meant to be the bride-to-be. Um, and to some extent... What we may say here is we have a story of the command, the journey, and the encounter with the bride-to-be at the be'er, at the well. Now, looking at things in this light uh, cannot but fail to remind us of something that happens in the previous generation, uh, something that happened back in Parshat Chayei Sara. And I would like to go back to Parakaf Kafdalid. To and begin with a conversation, and note a conversation between Avraham uh, and his Eved at the very beginning of Per Kuf Dalad. Per Dalad tells us the story of Avraham in his old age. And he had become old, and God had blessed him with everything, and he calls in his Eved, and he says to him, as follows in Per Kuf Dalad Pasukimel. And I will make you swear by the God of Heaven and Earth. Do not take a wife from the daughters of the Canaanites that I dwell amidst them. And the language here foreshadows almost perfectly the language of Yitzchak later on to Yaakov um, in Kavchet in chapter twenty-eight. Almost the exact same phrase: "Lo livni kanani." The negative commandment, do not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the land of Canaan. And this, of course, is followed by a positive commandment, um, a positive commandment involving a journey uh, by the one who is commanded. Ki um, el go to my land and to my birthplace uh, and to my family circle. So we have here uh, a, a very interesting parallel or maybe perhaps a foreshadowing of the later story. Avram commands his Eved, uh, in both a positive and a negative commandment, not to take a wife from uh, the daughters of Canaan, but rather to take a wife from the family circle, from the east, from Padana Ram, etc. Now, of course, as a faithful servant, uh, the servant embarks exactly upon the journey that Abraham commanded him. This, of course, is recorded in um, Pasuk Yud, and he went, and then later on in Pasuk Yud Aleph, uh, the Ebed arrives, and he parked, or um harness the gmalim, uh hitch the gmalim, the camels outside of the ear el be'er hamayim uh near a well so the Eved, upon the completion of his journey in response to the positive and the negative commandment arrives at a well and then of course uh, after his conversation with god almost before his conversation quote unquote with god is finished we're told later on um in um pasuk uh, tet vav, vayihu teram kilel daber, avihine rifka yotse, ashayul da libetuel ben milka, and um, almost before he finished speaking, then suddenly the prospective bride, in this case Rivka, arrives at the Be'er, and in this quote-unquote betrothal scene on some plane, the prospective m- bride is met at the Be'er, at the end of the journey, following the path of the negative commandment, in the exact same place, of course, Charan, Padan, Aram, the Be'er, etc., and the stories are directly parallel. Now, to put this together, uh, on some plane... Um, this story of uh, Evet Avraham um, foreshadows or contains the same four elements as the story later on uh, of uh, Yaakov uh, and his journey. And they are, of course, uh, the father gives the positive and negative commandment or the negative and positive commandment not to take a wife for the son uh, from the daughters of Kab, but rather from the family circle, uh, second, uh, the journey to that place, third, the arrival at the bear, and of course, four, the well, and fourth, of course, the meeting of the prospective bride at the air. Now, on some plane, um, it is not particularly surprising that the story of Avraham and the Ever Avraham repeats in the case of Yitzchak um, and uh, Yaakov. Uh, as noted on the past, um, there are, are many parallels between the life of Yitzchak um, and the life of Avraham. And on some level, it's not surprising if Avraham commanded that his son not marry someone local, that the chosen covenantal son have a wife from the east, from Haran, from Padanaram, Aram, from the family circle. So to Yitzchak makes that exact same command for his chosen covenantal son, knowing that Yaakov is going to be uh, the covenantal son. He commands Yaakov not to take a wife from the local woman, rather to go to the family circle to Badan Aram, uh, etc. Yet, at the same time, um, I think there's something more going on here than just the paralleling of uh, the life of Yitzchak and the life of Abraham. And I think, as we move further along uh, in the story of Parshat Vayitzeh. As we move further along in the story of Yaakov's encounter with uh, Rifka at the at the well, I think we encounter other parallels. Rif- me, Yaakov's encounter with Rachel at the well. I think we encounter other parallels with the previous story of the Eved Avraham's encounter with Rivka at the well that will force us in in a new direction uh, and force us to to think more deeply about what's going on in in Parashat Let us begin this by noting that there is a fourth parallel, there is an additional parallel, um, perhaps a fifth, uh, between the two stories. We might say that on some plane, um, both stories feature um, a character named Lavan. Uh, They feature what might be thought of as the hospitality, or perhaps the slightly suspect hospitality uh, of Lavan. And to understand this, let us pick it up with... um, the continuation of the first story, the story of Parakafdalad, the story of the encounter of Eved Avraham with Rivka at the at the well, and we're told there in Parakafdalad, Pasuk Mem Tet, uh, the following: U'Rivka Ach, and Rivka had a brother Ushmolavan. His name was Lavan. Vayarat Lavan el ha'ish hachutzah el ha-ayin. and Lavan ran to the man out uh, to the spring to the place of water. Vayaretz Lavan, Lavan ran. Uh, now, running or the running of Lavan should of course hark back and remind us of the running of Avraham. Um, at the beginning of Perek chapter 18, when Avraham glimpses the three men, Vayaretz Likratam, he runs, he sees them and he runs to greet them. Um, and he runs to greet them out of hospitality, to invite them in. And so to hear Lavan runs, and running here is symbolic of hospitality. And, of course, we know why Lavan is about to be so hospitable. Pasuk And when Lavan saw uh, the nose rings and the bracelet uh, upon his sister, and he heard all of the wonderful tidings of Rivka, so where, Yaakov, where Avram had seen guests and run to welcome in the guests, Lavan sees the wealth, the gold, and he runs too, so to speak. And, of course, he comes in and he invites him in because love is hospitable as, in, as one should be. come, blessed is God, Why do you stand outside? I, Lavan, I've already made room for you. What are you still doing outside? And, there's a whole question here about how hospitable Lavan is and what motivations uh, Lavan has. But we, of course, know that Lavan is not particularly hospitable. There's something a bit tricky or a bit suspect about Lavan's hospitality. And that is the situation in the first story. Of course, we have something very similar uh, in the latter story in Parak uh, Um If we jump to Parekh Kaftet Pasuk Yud-Gimel, um, the Torah tells us uh, as follows... Um, Vahikishmo Lavan, et Sheme Yakov, Ben Achoto, Lavan heard that Lavan, Lavan heard that Yaakov, the son of his sister, had arrived. Vayarat he ran to greet him. the exact same running of Lavan, because Lavan is about to be hospitable. and he hugged him, and he kissed him. el he brought him into his house. So sapel Lavan, calls Ramaela, and Yaakov tells Lavan everything because it's his uncle, it's his brother, etc. So Lavan runs, he hugs, he kisses, he's hospitable. But then, as we move on in the story, we realize that there's something slightly suspect um, about Lavan's hospitality. Uh, in Pasuk um, Tetva, Vayomer Lavan li Akov, and Lavan said to Yaakov, Behold, you're my brother. You're going to serve me for free. You're going to work for me for nothing. Hagidli Tell me what is your salary? In other words, Yaakov has already dwelt with Lavan for a month at this point, and it's quite clear that Lavan, the hospitable host, has put his own flesh and blood to work. Simply put, there's something tricky, there's something suspect of Lavan's hospitality, and this is on some level a fifth parallel between the story of Evet Avraham and the meeting of the bride at the Be'er, and the story of Yaakov and the meeting of the bride at the Be'er, they both involve Lavan, Lavan's hospitality, and Lavan's suspect and tricky hospitality. Now, There is yet more uh, to it than this. If we go on to the end of the respective stories, I think we find another whole dimension of parallel between the stories, one that I think is very interesting. Let us uh, take a look um, later on in the first story. In Parakafdalid, Pasuk um, Nun. Um, What has happened there, is the Eved Avraham has repeated what had happened at the well. Uh, he told the story to the family. He arrived at the well, he proposed the test, God shines upon him, uh, the bride-to-be, the woman who is destined to be the bride of Yitzchak has already arri- arrived at the well and passed the test with flying colors, and he makes his proposal. At that point, uh, the family responds. Perak Kapital Pasaknun Nun says as follows, Bayan Lavan Ubutuel, and Lavan answered, me Quite clearly, exactly as the evidence intended, the family admits that this matter has been arranged by God. Lo daber elecha ra We cannot say anything good. We cannot say anything bad or good about it. In other words, although the family is somehow forced uh, by the machinations and by the arrangements of the evidence to recognize that this is divine providence, and the woman must go, that Rivka must go uh, with the Eved Avraham. They themselves are not particularly positive. They themselves are rather hesitant about the whole thing. They cannot say, neither bad nor good, and they even preface the ra to the tov. Now, uh, as we move on uh, through the story, there's a bit of another interesting marker that crops up immediately afterwards. Um, The next day, uh, the Evid gets up, and he says, send me away. He demands to be sent. Um, and in response to the Eved's demand to be sent, although the family is hesitant, as we've already seen, um, in Pasok Samach, uh, a few Pasokim later, we're told, uh, And they gave Rifka a bracha, And they said to her, You will be a great multitude. And of course, it's apparently Lavan is the one who's key um, in the bracha here. It's phrased as Achotenu, our sister. In other words, to put this together, the way the end of the story of Ebed, Avraham, and Rifka at the Be'er, at the well ends, on the logical plane, is with A, the demand to be sent away because the mission has been accomplished, the mission has been finished, B, the kind of reluctance of the family contained within this phrase Ra'otov, and C, um, eventually the begrudging uh, allowing of the bride-to-be to leave, uh, and the giving of the bracha. Fascinatingly enough, the story of uh, Yaakov and his bride-to-be at the Be'er, uh, in some sense, might be said to end in the exact same way. If we look far further on, deep into Parshat Vayetze, we find these exact same three markers that end the story of um, the Ebed Avraham and Rivka at the Be'er. Um, in fact, um, uh, in After the birth of his final child, Yaakov says, "Lavan, send me away." In other words, the one who has come on the quest for the bride demands to be sent away. It is time to go. The mission has been accomplished. How does the story develop? Of course, as we know, Lavan is begrudging. Lavan is not particularly on board. He's not willing to let Yaakov uh, and the bride and the family go. And Yaakov is forced to sneak away in the middle of the night. Lavan is not happy. Lavan chases after him. Lavan catches up uh, with Yaakov and eventually chastises uh, Yaakov. And um, as part of his chastising of Yaakov in Perak Lamed Aleph, in fact, in Parak Lamed Aleph, Pasuk um Levan says the following to Yaakov, uh, I have in mind, or by God, I would do bad to you for what you've done sneaking away like this and not giving me a chance to say goodbye, etc. Uh, but God appeared to me of your forefathers and said to me, don't do anything, good or bad. So we again have this sense of the ambivalence of the begrudging freeing of the one who has come upon the mission to return, and the marker here is the same linguistic element, mitov ara, from good to bad. I really don't have much to say about it, but I'm really not in favor, but I really have no choice because God has forced my hand, exactly the same as in the case of the previous story in the previous generation. And finally, uh, how does, uh, how do things end in, and he blessed them. So we have here the demand to be sent away. We have here the begrudging, kind of no real interest on the part of Lavan and the family in Khan to send them away. We have the marker of Tovarah. And finally, eventually, we have the blessing and the completion of the mission. So we might say we have here on some plane a, a sixth parallel, uh, if not more between the two stories, the way things end. Now, this forces upon us, I think, a very crucial realization and, and a crucial question. And the crucial realization is that on some plane, the story of Yaakov's time in Haran, the entire corpus of parashat Vayetze is contained or really told as part of the story of the Be'er. It begins with Yaakov's encounter of the bride-to-be at the Be'er, and it really ends with the same markers of that previous story of the betrothal scene of meeting the bride at the Be'er that we find in the case of the Evid Abraham and uh, and um, and Rivka. Meaning, despite the fact uh, that uh, much happens in the interim, somehow the whole thing is really one long story of going to get the wife uh, back uh, amongst the family circle as commanded by the father. And everything that happens in Parashat Eta kind of happens in this context, and I think this is a very important and interesting uh, realization. Um... Now, this brings us to a crucial and fundamental and significant difference uh, between the two stories, uh, and that is the question of, and that is the issue uh, or the axis of of time. Um, because how long does uh, the sojourn of the one searching for the bride in Haran take? Uh, or how long uh, does the mission of searching for the bride backs amongst the family circle uh, for the covenantal son take? Well, um, in the case of the first story, in the case of uh, Eved Avraham, um, we don't know uh, the entire uh, time frame, but we do have a very, very crucial pasuk, which we can note, one which uh, I actually uh, read a few moments ago, and I'd like to uh, return to it. Um, back in Per um Pasuk Nun after uh, the Eved finishes, uh, his persuasion of the family finishes telling the story of what had happened at the well the previous day, Vayahlu, Vayishto, Huva, Anashim, Asherimo, and they ate and they drank, he and the people that were with him, Vayalino, and they went to sleep, Vayakumu, Vaboker, and they got up the next morning, Vayomashalchuni, L'Adoni. The man to be sent away happens the very next day, the day after the events at the Be'er, and the entire sojourn, uh, of, uh, the Evet Avraham, the search for the bride, um, takes a very, very short time. One day, two days, perhaps a little bit more. But then again, how long should it really take? Um, And it's part of divine providence that immediately upon arriving he meets the right woman at the Be'er. And it's part of divine providence that things are arranged so quickly. And it's part of divine providence that effectively his whole sojourn in Charen is one day. Of course, this is not all the case uh, in the case of the second story, in the case of Yaakov and his meeting of uh, Rachel at the Be'er. Um, towards the end of Parshat Vayetze the Torah gives us a a time frame during that crucial confrontation uh, between Lavan and Yaakov when Lavan chastises Yaakov for sneaking away, Yaakov has a ready response Uh, he responds to Lavan regarding the suffering that Lavan inflicted upon him Um, in in Parak Lamed Aleph Pasuk Mem, the Torah tells us as follows uh, I worked for you during the day, achalani chorev, and the dryness consumed me. V'karach b'alayda, and ice at night, v'tidash natime enai, and I lost sleep working for you. And here, pasuk aleph, Yaakov continues on, and here is the crucial phrase: Zeli esrim shana b'vetecha. Twenty years uh, I was in your household. Avadaticha, I worked for you. Arba'as v'shana b'shteimelotecha, fourteen years for your two daughters. V'sheishanim b'tonecha, and six years for your sheep. Et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. So it took Yaakov 20 years to complete his mission. And the contrast between the two stories cannot be greater. Ebed Avraham meets Rifka, the bride-to-be at the Be'er, and the whole thing takes one day. Yaakov meets his bride, uh, Rachel, at the Be'er. But in this case, it takes 20 years until his mission is complete and until he is able to return. Now there are many factors uh, which we can point to as explaining this crucial difference of uh, time between the two stories, and, and many approaches have been suggested. Uh, there are those who point to the trickier of Lavan. Yaakov becomes delayed uh, and becomes stuck, so to speak, in Haran because he is in the hands of the trickster Lavan. Or alternatively. Um, although Rifka certainly thought that the trip would take a, a short bit of time. Uh, yamim Achadim uh, is her phrase used at the end of uh, Perak uh, Kavchet. Um, at, at the end of Perek Kafchet. Um But there's a danger of Esav, and the danger of Esav has not yet passed, and, and part of the reason why it takes Yaakov so long in Haran is because he is hiding from, from his brother. While, to some extent, both, of, I think, of these notions are in place, I would like to try for more of an overarching theme, uh, some, one which uh, really explains to some extent oh, perhaps all of the content of Parshat Vaiti in some way, and one which originates uh, in another crucial, crucial difference between the two stories, between the story of Ebed Avraham and the story of Yaakov. As the names uh, I have uh, given them uh, suggested, uh, one of the most crucial differences between the two stories is that in one story, the second, the latter, the covenantal son goes on his own to Padanaram Aram Haram, to, to, Padana Haran, to the family circle, to search for his bride-to-be and meets his bride at the well. As opposed to, of course, in the first story, which is a story of Ever Avraham and uh, Rivka at the, at the well. Um, It is not Yitzchak who goes on his own, but on some plane, the Ebed Avraham serves as a stand-in, as a switch uh, for the covenantal son, who does not, in fact, leave and go on the journey and go to the Be'er and meet his wife and search out himself. He remains at home while the stand-in, the Ebed, goes and does it for him. Um, Now, uh, the traditional, or one of the traditional explanations uh, for this stand-in um, aspect of the first story, is as we well know, uh, Yitzchak never leaves Eretz Yisrael, uh, and uh, Yitzchak is in fact told explicitly by God not to leave Eretz Yisrael. This takes b- us back to a passage uh, in Parashat Toldot that we discussed um, in, that we discussed last week, the beginning of of Kafvav the story of the Ra'av, the story of the famine that happened in the time of Yitzchak, um, one which rivaled the famine that happened in the time of Avraham. And Parakafav Kafav Pasak Aleph, tells us the following, Vahira of Ba'aretz, and there was a famine in the land. Milvara Ra'av HaRishon Shayabi Abraham, In comparison to the first famine that had been in the days of Avraham, and of course, Yitzchak goes and winds up uh, with Avi Melech, uh, with the Plishtim and Gur, but before that happens, God appears to him and tells him something very important. But don't go to Mitzrayim. Dwell in this land. Dwell in this land. And I will be with you. And I will bless you. Uh, because to you and your Seed your descendants, I will give all of these lands, and I will keep the oath that I swore to Avram your forefather. As we elaborated last week, uh, Yitzchak possesses a special Zchut Avot. Yitzchak carries with him the merit of the Akidah. and somehow, because of this, Yitzchak never has to struggle. Yitzchak never has to leave Eretz Yisrael. During the famine, Yitzchak plants, and during the famine, Yitzchak reaps. While his father, Avraham, had to go to Mitzrayim, Yitzchak does not have to go to Mitzrayim. He's able to remain within the land and be successful, even in the famine, because of uh, the special schut of Avraham that he possesses. Now, uh, this, of course, explains uh, why Yitzchak does not need to struggle to go search for his own bride. This is something that will be done for him, so to speak, by someone associated with Avraham, just as everything else is, so to speak, done for him. He has a pitar, an exemption from struggle, because of somehow some association with Avraham. So the fact that even Avraham goes instead of Yitzchak fits with the general theme of schut uh, avot, of exemption from struggle of Yitzchak's life. Now, I'd like to return here to the language of pasukim and gur ba'aretz hazot. I think there's a very, I think there's a very um, crucial uh, linguistic point here because the term gur uh, harks back to Brit uh, Hebatarim, uh to the pasukim of of Perec tetvav in Sefer Bereshit. Uh, in parak tetvav, God grants Avraham the Brit bin Habatayim, and and Abraham had asked God a crucial question. He asked him, b'ma'ed daki how do I know that all these promises will come true? How do I know that I'll be a great nation? How do I know that I'll inherit the land? And in response to this request for knowledge uh, by Abraham, God gives Abraham the Brit bin Abtarim. And although the Brit bin Abtarim is a contract, it's a binding contract, and it answers uh, Abraham's question, there's also something terrifying, and in fact, horrifying uh, about uh, the Brit bin Abtarim. Uh It contains a heavily negative element along with the positive. Brachit parek tefav pasuk bet says as follows. Vahi Hashem and the sun was about to set. Vatadeh manafla Avraham vine ema chashecha vidol nafel talav a great dark black fear fell upon Avraham. And why? Pasuk yud gimel vayomer Avraham yodea teeda. What will you know? You wanted to know. I'll tell you what you're going to know, Avraham. Ki ger iya zarahcha be'aretz lo Your children will be strangers. Ger as opposed to Gur. Not Gur, dwell in this land that I will with you. But, Ger Yezracha Barat Your descendants will be strange in a land that is not theirs. And what will happen to them? Va'avadum. And they will serve there. They will be slaves there. Vinootam. And they'll be afflicted there. But of course it ends well because then there's judgment. Vacha, kain, yatib, gadol. They're going to go out with, with great wealth. So, what we should realize is that Yitzchak, despite being the descendant of Avraham, um, he is told Gurba'erz Azot, not Eretz He receives an exemption from the suffering of Virbin Habitarim. He does not go into exile, never goes into exile. He does not suffer. He is exempt from all this because the special schut of the Akida. We then arrive at the next generation. I would like to suggest that Yaakov receives absolutely no exemption from the conditions of Virbin Habitarim. And as the covenantal son, he is going to have to live out Brit bin Abitarim in some ways as part of his chosenness as the covenantal son. And um, I think there's a linguistic point that, that can support this. Um, in Brit bin Abitarim, um, Avram is told by God, they will be servants, they will be slaves, and they will go out with Rechush Now, this idea of Avdut might be thought of as, in fact, the, the exact hallmark of what happens to uh, Yaakov when he goes into Galut and winds up in the house of Lavan. Going back again to Perek Pasuk Tetvav, Vayomer Lavan, Yaakov, achi achi Atava, vadatani Chinam, you're going to serve me. Avdatani here means serve, but it actually, of course, foreshadows slavery on some plane. You're going to be indentured to me for free. Oh, tell me what's your salary. And of course, Yaakov contracts to, I'll work seven years. That's, uh, that's quite a long time to work or to be a slave, in fact. I'll be enslaved for seven years for Rachel. And then, of course, uh, Lavan switches upon him. Um, and until we get to the point where when Yaakov comes to explain the 20 years that he's been there, returning again to the end of pashat Vayetze, to Perak Lamed Aleph, Pasuk Mem Aleph, what Yaakov says is, I was 20 years in your house. Avadaticha, again the same term, Alif beth dalid, implying servitude or even slavery. 14 years for your two daughters, and 6 years for the sheep. If we put this together, Yaakov is a slave for 20 years in the house of Levan. And what does he amass there? Well, he amasses his wives, his family, his proto-nation, the beginnings of his nation. He is he multiplies uh, there uh, in the course of his slavery. And, of course, eventually he leaves with Ruchush Gadol. In other words, in fact, the two parts, so to speak, of, if we think about it, of Yaakov's sojourn um, in, uh, in the house of Lavan. The first part, the marriages, the wives, the children. And the second part, the sheep, the stuff, the possessions are in fact kind of foreshadowing of what later happens to Bnei Yisrael in Galut, that they go down to Mitzrayim, they're fruitful, they multiply, they become a nation, and of course eventually leave with their Chush Gadol when they finally leave their Avdut. So in other words, I think what we might say that the overarching theme of Parshat Vayetzeh is Yaakov's descent to Galut, um, his building of a proto-nation and his... Um, building of Ruchush Gadol, so to speak, there. This, of course, is a, a kiyom, um, an accomplishment of Brit Penabitarim on a miniature scale in his lifetime because he receives no exemption like that of Yitzchak. And secondly, it also foreshadows what will eventually happen to his descendants, maser Avot Lebanem, mm-hmm. when the full-fledged, full-scale occurrence of Brit Penabitarim happens to them that they too will go to a place, become enslaved, be fruitful, multiply, and leave with Ruchush Gadol. So by realizing this, that Parshat Ve'etzei is not just the story of the covenantal son's meeting of his bride-to-be at the Be'er, as in the case of the Ebed Eliezer and Rivka, by realizing that Parshat is not just the story of Yaakov hiding from Esau, but realizing that it's also the story of Yaakov's accomplishment of Rit ben Habitarim in his lifetime as a foreshadowing uh, for uh, his future descendants, for Yisrael's descendants, I think we arrive at not just the kind of overarching sense of what's going on, the contents of Parshat Vayese, what pulls them all together, but also um, we understand why it took Yaakov 20 years, because Galut can be a long and arduous process, and why it didn't take him just one day.